Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. New week. It is Monday. It is also the first of the month, which means we have team of the month, player of the month, new power rankings, and, of course, some storylines. Aaron Judge has been a man on a mission, and the trade deadline is right around the corner, so updating you on everything you need to know there. This is going to be a fun one. Let's get to it. It's a blowout. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field, it is gone, home run, and a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. Happy Monday, everyone. It is the first episode of the week. We got a new week. We got a new month, and this is perhaps my favorite, one of my favorite weeks of the year. Trade deadline is just around the corner. Tuesday, August 2nd at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, the trade deadline will have come and gone, which means we're going to change things up a little bit this week. Right when the trade deadline ends, we will be having our normal obviously Monday show, this, our normal Tuesday show, and Tuesday at 6 o'clock Eastern, we will be going live and doing a special trade deadline episode. That's going to be a blast. So there's already been some stuff happening. I'll talk about that in just a second and update you on everything you need to know. But I want to start with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, before the month of July even ended, has 40 Two home runs. 42 home runs for Aaron Judge, who turned down a $213.5 million contract over $30 million a year for seven years, turned it down, said, no, I'm going to bet on myself. (laughs) This can't be understated that he bet on himself and he has been historically good. He's on pace to break the Yankees' all-time single-season home run record set by Roger Maris. He's on pace to break a lot of records. He's even within reach, within reach of Barry Bonds' all-time record. Now, do I think there's a realistic chance that one happens? No, but I do think there's a very good chance that the Yankees' single-season all-time record goes down. When you start talking all-time Yankees record, that's when you know you should really probably listen up as to what's going on here. Aaron Judge has become the first player in history to have 40 home runs, nine multi-home run games, three walk-off home runs, and two grand slams in the same year. First player in history. He did it before July even ended. That's just remarkable to even think about. He was good before the All-Star break. He was an all-star and since the all-star break and the 10 games after the all-star break, he's got nine home runs, 21 RBIs and a 447 batting average. Just recently over the course of this last week, he hit his 200th 
career home run. The second fastest player to ever reach 200 career home runs behind Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard did it in 658 games. Aaron Judge did it in 671. Second fastest ever. So he's the first player to reach 40 home runs in a season before August since 2001. That's where we stand right now. Since 2001. So over 20 years. One, it's remarkable that 2001 is over 20 years ago. That makes me feel a little old. But here we are. Since 2001. His 42 home runs before August are the most in Yankees franchise history, passing Babe Ruth, who hit 41 in 1928. This tweet from Katie Sharp, the most home runs before August in MLB history. Okay? Major League Baseball history, the most home runs before August. Barry Bonds, 45 in 2001. Mark McGuire, 45 in 1998 and Aaron judge at 42 who's tied with Sammy Sosa who also did that in 98 when him and McGuire were on that back and forth incredible year. Aaron judge is tied with Sammy Sosa from that year. So only two players have ever hit more home runs before August in a single season in the history of this game, in the history of America's pastime. Only two people have been on a better pace than Aaron Judge's this year. Aaron Judge is slashing 426, 523, and 1.130 with 12 home runs and 26 RBIs in his last 14 games. Since Judge's 14-game stretch began on July 14th, he's out-homered seven different teams. I know this is, this is a lot of stats coming at you here, but we get lost a little bit. In, in the conversation of this year because Aaron Judge hits a home run and then the conversation goes to, he's the MVP or no, he's not the MVP or whatever it may be. There's no intention here in, in this conversation. This is extremely celebratory of what he has accomplished so far. 42 home runs. He's on pace. Now, we're in August now, August 1st, and he is still on pace to hit 300, 67 home runs, which would break quite handily the New York Yankees all-time single season record set by Roger Maris at 61, 145 RBIs, and a 10.1 war. 10.1. Hearing that actually got me to thinking about what is the highest war of all time in a single season? Babe Ruth, over 14, which is unbelievable. But this would be the first player with 60-plus home runs since Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds did it in 2001. And I, I think we're going to get there. I said it was two weeks ago now that I said I, I do believe Aaron Judge is going to break the record. This was the first show after the All-Star game. I do believe Aaron Judge is going to break the record. At that time, he was on pace for 62, which would have broken the record of 61. He's now on pace for 67 been remarkable the stretch that he has been on it is truly since the all-star game since the break it has been another level of Aaron Judge that we have seen so to wrap up this extremely impressive Aaron Judge conversation if he finished with a 300 batting average which he's on pace for 60 home runs he's on pace for more than that and 140 RBIs on pace for more than that 
It would be just the fourth time in MLB history and the third player ever to achieve that feat. That's what we're seeing here. Aaron Judge is on a mission. He's on a mission to break the all-time record for the Yankees. He's on a record to prove the Yankees. He's, he's, on, he's on pace to, to prove the Yankees wrong, for sure. He's on a mission to make more money. He's on a mission to win the MVP award. Do I think that's going to happen? Well, more conversations about that later and forever. But he's on a mission there. And he's on a mission to perhaps break the all-time record by Barry Bonds. Who would have I would have never imagined that we'd be hearing that. He is within reach of the Barry Bonds 73 home run. And that's pretty cool. Aaron Judge turned down seven years, 30 million a year. And he said no. And he bet on himself. And now he's here doing everything that I just listed. Everything that I just named. That's how good he has been. Bernie Williams said this the other day. Bernie Williams, friend of the pod, Yankee legend. He said this about Aaron Judge. If he signs a long-term deal, he'll probably be in line to be the next captain. There's no doubt about that in my mind. And maybe one day, he'll even be out here in Monument Park. That's coming from Bernie Williams. Pretty cool there. Aaron Judge is on a mission. I love to see it. I really do. And I have this conversation a good bit, but when a player bets on himself, I love it. And I love seeing what Aaron Judge has done because he did deserve more than that. He's big number 99 in pinstripes. He is, he is a New York Yankee. And he felt like he was wronged by that offer from the New York Yankees. And I can't disagree with him. And now nobody can, seeing what he's doing this year. But players are under no obligation to, to take a hometown discount. No. Uh-uh. It should be the opposite. If a team really, really cares and wants you that bad, the billionaire owner should fork over maybe a little extra money to keep the player where he is. So I love what Aaron Judge did. He bet on himself, and he is winning in every single facet of the game. But moving on, as we all know, the trade deadline is tomorrow. Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Now, this is when things really, really start ratcheting up. Now, typically the day before, so this Monday episode, this is when things start happening, but Tuesday, Tuesday is when things get really wild, which is why we're going to be doing a live show the minute the trade deadline ends. And you guys know a lot of trades trickle in just a little bit after that. I will be live when, whenever they happen, I will let you know. That's going to be a fun one. But as of right now, we've already seen some big trades. One that we mentioned last week, Andrew Benintendi to the Yankees. But one, the biggest so far, happened over the weekend. The biggest pitching piece on the market, Luis Castillo, is traded from the Reds to the Seattle Mariners. Everybody was thinking it was going to be the Yankees. There were a lot of teams in play here, and the Yankees were one of them but they were unwilling to give up prospect Anthony Volpe and the Mariners swoop in and they get the all-star, the best pitcher on the market, Luis Castillo. Now, they gave up a haul for him. Okay? Noel V. Marte, their number one prospect. Edwin Arroyo, their number three prospect. 
Levi Strout, their number five prospect, and another one, Andrew Moore. Three of their top five prospects on the move for Luis Castillo. That got me to thinking. If the best pitcher on the market, Luis Castillo, hauled in three top five prospects, what in the world does a trade for Juan Soto look like? I tweeted this as soon as that happened. The Reds got three top five prospects for Luis Castillo. I imagine the price for Juan Soto is now eight top ten prospects, the best concession stand vendor in the stadium, and the GM's second-born child. Because the second-born are always the best of the best. Says me. Um, but, but seriously, this, this does affect the trade market. Luis Castillo gets three top five prospects. What in the world does a Juan Soto get? I don't know. But I, I actually really like this move. And I want to break it down for a second because that is a lot of prospects. Three of the top five. The, the Mariners are getting the best pitcher on the market. I love this. I love it for both sides. This is why the trade deadline is so good. It's so great and one of my favorite times of the year. You have a team that is on the cusp of being really good. I'm not putting them in the conversation of the elites of the game. But the Mariners are on the cusp of being, of being really good. They're on the cusp of the playoffs. This is them going for it. How do, I just love to see this. You have the prospects. You've built up your system. Now you cash those prospects in when you think, okay, now it's time to go. They still have a rich farm system, but they just went out and got a year and a half control of the best pitcher available. And I love this from the Reds' perspective. It is okay for both teams to come out on a good side of things here. The Mariners are ready to win right now. Now they add Luis Castillo to a rotation of Logan Gilbert, Robbie Ray, uh, George Kirby's been really good. Now this rotation is really deep and really good. And this team that is currently on pace to be in the playoffs has just really bolstered themselves and made themselves much better. But it didn't come without a price. And that's where the Reds benefit. One of the worst teams in the league has given up their pitcher, their best pitcher, for three top five prospects. If one of those hits, it's a success. If one of those becomes a good Major League Baseball player, it's a success. Because Luis Castillo was a free agent in, almost, in, in just about a year. You might as well get something for him. And they got a lot for him. So the Mariners bolstered their rotation with Luis Castillo. The Reds get a good haul there. David Peralta from the Arizona Diamondbacks is on the move now to the Tampa Bay Rays. I like this. I like this for the Rays. They needed a bat. They needed a bat badly. And they went out and got David Peralta. Gave up a catching prospect to do it. But this guy has been a guy that's flown under the radar out there in Arizona because he hasn't been on a good team in a while. The, the Diamondbacks just aren't good. He's a good hitter. Left-handed hit and outfielder. Good pickup there for the Rays. This, tw- this tweet kind of sums it up really well. So where d- does David Peralta st- where do David Peralta stats rank amongst Diamondbacks franchise leaders? This will put it into, into shape just how good he has been there. 961 games played. That's third all-time for their franchise. 434 runs, sixth. 960 hits, third. 468 RBIs, fourth, 15.3 war, sixth, and one of the best players to don Sedona Red. Wow, that was a poetic tweet there. I really like that. David Peralta's really good. 
Also, fun note there. David Peralta is sixth all-time in war for the Diamondbacks at 15.3. And Aaron Judge is on pace for over a 10 war in this one season. That's wild. (laughs) So David Peralta goes to... Tampa, Chris Martin pickup for the Dodgers has, has happened. They, they needed some bullpen help badly. Uh, this is a kind of a flyer. He hasn't been great this year, but he has proven to be good in the past. They didn't give up much for him, but the Dodgers acquire Chris Martin. Um, Vogelbach to the Mets as well, which is, which happened a little while ago. So Daniel Vogelbach Mets get him and the Mets haven't lost entering Sunday. Haven't lost since they acquired Daniel Vogelbach. So now here we are. The biggest of big pieces are still out there. As in Juan Soto. I say biggest of big pieces. It's Juan Soto. Frankie Montas is out there as well on the pitcher side. Wilson Contreras. Noah Syndergaard is seemingly available. There are a lot of big names that are going to fall here within the next, depending on what time you're, you're listening to this episode, within the next 24, 36 hours, it's going down. Now, I had Ken Rosenthal on here a week or so ago and talked to him about the Red Sox because for me, this is a, this is a, a big market shift here depending on what the, uh, what the Red Sox do. They have not been good. I don't believe they, they are going to get into the playoffs. And if they do, if they turn it around, which they certainly could, this team isn't it. This isn't the team that's going to win a World Series. So I, I believe the Red Sox should be sellers. I really do. I, and I think they could get a lot for, for what they have right now. Ken Rosenthal and I talked about this. And are the Red Sox committing yet to being sellers? And he said no. At the time, this was last Wednesday, they hadn't yet committed to being sellers. They were going to wait until the last possible second. So if we see anything from the Red Sox, it'll be on Tuesday that we see it. But now over the weekend, we hear that they have started to listen on some of their veteran guys, meaning J.D. Martinez could be available. Nathan Eovaldi could be available. Christian Vasquez could be a good catching pickup for somebody. Whoever misses out on the Wilson Contreras guy, who has been, he's the best catcher on the market, Christian Vasquez is, is now a good backup, seemingly. So it's going to come down to August 2nd for the Yankees. But I just, I love the trade deadline. And I know I say this a lot, but it can affect teams for generations to come. This Mariners-Reds trade that we just saw is going to affect both of these organizations for over a decade. Decades. These prospects, Noel V. Marte, number one prospect, he's going to be a stud. You think, seemingly, that's what... Everything points to he's going to get to the big leagues at some point and the Reds could have him for his career. So the trade deadline is, is one of my favorite because it's, it's this awesome mixture of teams all in right now and going for it. And we've seen it time and time and time again, that mid season trade that comes back and helps the team and organization win a world series. Some of the most prominent ones I think of are oldest Chapman when he went to the Cubs for that year and they end up winning the world series. Incredible there. Justin in 2017 goes to the Astros and they win a World Series. This list just goes on and on and on. The Braves last year. I mean, good Lord. They, they acquire Jorge Soler, Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario. They totally transformed their team at the trade deadline and it won them a World Series. And that's 
what the trade deadline is all about. So stay tuned right here. All the updates you'll possibly ever need will be right here. And stay tuned Tuesday. When the deadline happens, we will be going live and everything you need to know, everything that went down and still could continue to go down, you could hear it right here live on this special episode of the trade deadline. But that does it for for some of the storylines. But now it is time, my friends, for one of the best parts of the week. But it is the first episode of the month, which means not only do we have new power rankings, We're going to do team of the month and player of the month. But we're going to start with my new and updated power rankings that saw a little bit of a shift last week for the first time in a long time. But let's get started here at number 10. I have the Minnesota Twins. The AL Central is is so weird to me. The Twins are the team holding on right now. They hold that playoff spot. They would win the division if the season ended today. I do believe they're a good team, but nobody's really wanting to step up and pull away and and take the reins there in the central. Twins are 53 and 47, playing okay baseball of late, but they are a good team. Buxton, Correa together, Joe Ryan, Duran in the back end of that bullpen. Carlos Correa said to me earlier this year, keep an eye on Duran. He's unbelievable. And he has been really good. Throws Fuego, has a nasty splitter. He's really good. I have the Twins here at number 10. Moving on to number 9, the Seattle Mariners. If the Mariners never played the Houston Astros, their record, they could be the best team in baseball right now. But unfortunately for them, they do. And since the All-Star break, every one of their losses has come at the hands of the Houston Astros. Now, if you're going to lose to anybody, it's the Astros aren't a bad team to do it to because they are really good. The Mariners are beating up on everybody else and have played themselves from, honestly, the 15 to 20 range in my power rankings a couple months ago to number nine. They're 55 and 48 since June 1st. So this is the date, this is the date I, I bring this up by. It's been two months now. Since June 1st. Their 800 win percentage in one-run games is by far the best in MLB. The Braves are second at 750. So in one-run games, the Mariners are are on another planet than everybody else. And you play a lot of one-run games in baseball. They're here at number nine. At number eight, the San Diego Padres. I'm a big believer in this Padres team. They just need Tatis to come back, and they have held their ground long enough it's time for him to come back, and they need him. They need something. The leader in the clubhouse for Juan Soto, San Diego Padres right now. Will it happen? I don't know. But imagine if they get Tatis back, which he's taking BP now. He's hitting balls off the wetter, the Western Metals Supply Company. Good Lord, say that three times fast. Hitting balls off the Western Metals Supply Company building in left field. His wrist apparently feels good. So imagine getting him and Juan Soto at the same time and pairing him with Manny Machado. Oh, man, that could be nasty. But for right now, they're playing around 500 baseball lately. Nothing great, nothing bad. They're here at number eight. Moving on to number seven, the Brewers. Coming out of the break, the All-Star break, they've been really good. Seven and two since the All-Star break, which is tied with the Blue Jays for best in all of baseball. Their pitching is really, really good. We know that. Freddie Peralta coming back very soon, so they will have their big three back at the top of the rotation. They're here at number seven. Moving on to number six, the Toronto Blue Jays, who, as I just mentioned with the Brewers, they have the most wins in baseball, 
tied with the Brewers since the all-star break since firing Charlie Montoya. They have the most, they have the second most wins in all of baseball. We've seen a few managerial firings this year, the Phillies, the angels, the blue Jays, the Phillies went on an upward trajectory. The second it happened, the angels more of the same down and the blue Jays upwards. They have been playing fantastic. Their offense has been the best in baseball this year. If you look at average and and some of the other stats, they've been the best in baseball. They're here at six at number five, the Atlanta Braves. This NL East is a battle, an absolute battle. The Braves I have here behind the New York Mets, spoiler alert, but they're behind the Mets in the division. And for right now, they're behind the Mets in my power rankings because to me, it became a big series. The Braves and the Mets, the Mets go into Atlanta. Both teams have been playing. The Braves have been playing really, really good. They run into the Mets who have been leading the division. It was a huge series. The Mets won that series. So as of right now, the NLE still runs through New York. The NLE is still the Mets division. The Braves have been playing really good, though. They lead all of baseball in strikeouts on the mound. Spencer Strider has been fantastic. Both of their rookies are a big reason for their year this year. Spencer Strider, Michael Harris, the second. And then, of course, all the other studs in that rotation and on that team. The Braves are here at number five. At number four is the New York Mets. Jacob deGrom is back. Tuesday, his first start in the major leagues this year. Thankfully, the best pitcher on planet Earth is coming back. And on Tuesday, he makes his debut this year for the Mets. And now they'll have DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. The rotation will look more like what they wanted it to. The lineup has been fantastic. Since the All-Star break, they have the fifth most runs scored in baseball and the third best team ERA in baseball. Those two things, well, that is a recipe for success. Moving on to number three, the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers have been very good for over a month now. They've been very good. 12 and 3 in their last that's 15 games, 12 and 3 in their last 15. Fewest runs per game allowed, 3.28 all year long. Their pitching has been phenomenal. Their hitting has been phenomenal. They need some back into the bullpen help. I don't know if Chris Martin is the answer there. I do still think they need an arm or two, but look, and that's to compete in the world series, which is where this team needs to get Dave Roberts before the year goes out and says, we're winning the world series. That's a bold statement. They need to back that up. They are more than capable of doing it. This year is a failure. If they don't need, if they don't do it and they need more at the back end of that bullpen than just Craig Kimbrell, that's not the answer. He should be more like a seventh, eighth inning guy, but they need more answers there in the bullpen, but they have been really good. They're here at number three. Moving on to number two, the New York Yankees, who last week for the first time got moved out of the top spot and deservedly so. They're 13 and 13. They were 13 and 13 in the month of July. That is 500 baseball. For a team that was on pace to break all sorts of records and break the all-time record, it's not going to happen. And the month of July was not good for the New York Yankees. So they got moved out of the top spot Now, full disclosure here, because you now probably know who number one is. Last week was the first time since like the first week of the year that there was a huge shift in the power rankings. It went Astros, Yankees, Dodgers. 
This week, there really wasn't a ton to sway that one way or the other. The Yankees played okay. They got swept by the Mets. They lost a game to the Royals at the last second in the ninth inning. Clay Holmes blew a lead. The Yankees do have some weaknesses, and they showed in the month of July, but they are still 69-34, and and they do have the best record in baseball. They have the most wins in baseball, and they're here at number two. And moving on to number one, the team that was here last week, the Houston Astros. Now, now really, let me talk about these one, two, and three teams. There's the, these are the three best teams in baseball, the Astros, the Yankees, and the Dodgers. I put them here at one, two, and three last week, and they all make me look bad. The Astros get swept by the A's. The Yankees get swept by the Mets and lose a game to the Royals. And the Dodgers lose two of three to the Nationals and lose a game to the Rockies. Now, winning games in Coors Field is never easy, but the Rockies are not a good team. None of these teams played great this week. So that is the reason that there wasn't much of a shift here. This is what it was last week. This is what is remaining this week because nobody, one, two, or three, deserved to get bumped up. Obviously, you can't get bumped up from one. But the two or three teams didn't do enough, in my opinion, to bump up from the spot that they were, which is why we have Astros at one, Yankees at two, Dodgers at three. But the Astros, for them this year, it's been their bullpen. Their bullpen is, is why they are here. Last year was a middle-of-the-pack bullpen. This year, it's been the best in baseball. Their winning percentage in one-run games has been the best in baseball because of it. And they are here at number one and round out this week's top 10 Major League Baseball power rankings. All right, and usually now it is time for Team of the Week. But like I said, it is the first episode of the month, which means we're going to do Team of the Month. Looking back at the month of July, position by position, and the best of the best at each spot for the entire month. So we're going to start at catcher. And at catcher, I have JT Realmuto of the Phillies. He was fantastic. 339 on the month. Five homers, a 1.04 OPS. He was the best of the best for catchers in July. Easily, he was really good for the Phillies. Moving on to first base. At first base, I have Freddie Freeman. Freddie was great. Before the All-Star break, he was on an unbelievable tear. Something, I mean, it was like he was getting a hit every single at bat. He had like a 900 average at one point in the month of July. 376 on the month. Six homers. And a 1.118 OPS. Anytime you're over one, it's pretty special. He had a great month of July. Moving on to second, Ramon Urias of the Orioles. Remember the name. The Orioles have been playing really good. They've been a lot of fun. He's a big reason why. 343 on the month, five homers, 18 RBIs. DJ LeMayhew was in contention here for me, but at the end of the day, he had the power, he had the RBIs, and he had the OPS to back it all up. Ramon Rios is here at second base. My third baseman on team of the month, Austin Riley. This one was easy. 423 on the month, 11 home runs, 25 RBIs, and 26 extra base hits. Those numbers are mind-blowing. What an unbelievable month of July. For Austin Riley. Let's move on to shortstop. Best shortstop in July. Trey Turner. 327. 
five home runs, 17 RBIs, some stolen bases to boot. Trey Turner, all-star Trey Turner, was really good all month long. He was the best shortstop in baseball. Heading on to the outfield, three outfielders, regardless of their specific position. First up, we will go with Aaron Judge. Easy answer here, Aaron Judge, 344, 13 home runs, 32 RBIs in the month of July. 32 RBIs. There was the All-Star break where they weren't playing for a few days. Well, he was playing. But 32 RBIs in a month where there's an All-Star break. A 1.282 OPS. He's on pace to break the all-time home run record. He was on pace to hit 62, which would have broken the record of 61. But coming out of the All-Star break, in the first 10 games, he hit nine home runs. He's now on pace for 67. He was an easy answer to be here on the team of the month. Next up in the outfield, Juan Soto. Will he be a national much longer? I don't know. That's the talk of baseball right now. Where is he going to go at the trade deadline? Or is he going to go anywhere? But in the midst of all of those talks, he picked it up and had a great month. His best month of the year so far. 329, 13 homers, 24 RBIs in the month, and a 1.148 OPS. My last outfielder, Starling Marte of the Mets. This, this guy has been the Mets MVP for me this year. Yes, Pete Alonso's driving in all the runs and has the power. Francisco Lindor has been great and has the smile and the name, and everybody talks about Francisco Lindor. He plays shortstop. The pitchers have been great, but for me, Starling Marte is the reason why they are here right now. 377 on the month, four home runs, a 1.019 OPS. Just been fantastic. Playing a good defense as well. After a slow-ish start to the year, he has really picked it up, and I'm really happy to see that. Been through a lot lately. For him to have the year he's having is really cool. What an outfield this is, by the way. Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, Starling Marte. Great month from those guys. Moving on to the designated hitter, the best DH in the month of July, Matt Carpenter. 343. Nine homers, 23 RBIs, and an OPS over 1,200. What a pickup this has been. This was just like a a drop-in-the-hat pickup. Nobody really talked much about it aside from it being the Yankees that are acquiring a guy that is well-known, but he hadn't been very good lately in his career. The Yankees pick him up, and he has been so good for them. What a month of July he had. Matt Carpenter designated hitter team of the month on the mound my starting pitcher the best starting pitcher in the month of july dylan cease four and one 29 and two-thirds innings 33 strikeouts in those 29 and two-thirds and a 0.61 era 0.61 nobody has been better lately than dylan cease He didn't make the all-star team, somehow. But the pace that he has been on is truly incredible. And nobody was better in the month of July. Striking out a bunch of guys, he has looked better and better and better. And it seems like he used not making the all-star game to fuel him to be even better, if that was even possible. But to round out the team of the month, a really easy answer for me here. My closer for my team of the month, Edwin Diaz. He's got the walkout song. By the way, I figured out the name of the, the walkout song, Narcos by Blaster Jack and Timmy Trumpet. Figured that out. But all I know is the song has been stuck in my head for 
a month now, and nobody has been better for the month than Edwin Diaz was. Seven saves in the month, 11 and a third innings. And in those 11 and one-third innings, 25 strikeouts. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Zero earned runs and only two hits allowed. Edwin Diaz is on pace to break the all-time record for strikeouts per nine innings. That's how good he's been. And in the month of July, there was nobody better than him. So that rounds out my July team of the month. But as we normally do with player of the week, it is now time for my flipping Bats player of the month. The player of the month is Austin Riley. Austin Riley, Atlanta Braves third baseman. I mean, easy answer here. Him and Aaron Judge, kind of close, but at the end of the day, come on. 423 batting average, 11 home runs, 25 RBIs, 26 extra base hits. I'm even rocking his shirt, by the way. Stone Cold Austin Riley, pretty sick. I mean, nobody was better. He broke the all-time Atlanta Braves record for extra base hits in a month. It was 25. He was tied at 25 with Hank Aaron coming into the Sunday, which was the final game of the week. And he hit a walk-off double into the gap. 26 extra base hits for Austin Riley. Unbelievable. What a performance for him. 423. This is, he's putting up MVP-like numbers right now. That's what he's doing. Paul Goldschmidt has been the MVP frontrunner for most of the year. But I'm not kidding you here. Austin Riley is making a push to get up close to him. I wouldn't be surprised if Austin Riley inserts himself neck and neck in that conversation soon with Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt's been fantastic. He has been a player of the month for flipping bats before. But Austin Riley, I mean, unbelievable. 11 homers, 25 RBIs, breaks the all-time Braves extra base hits record for 23. And for that reason, Stone Cold Austin Riley, he's my Flippin' Bats Player of the Month for July. 
But my friends, that does it for this Monday episode, the first episode of the week and of the month. We got a lot coming at you here. Tuesday, a live trade deadline special after the trade deadline ends. Also, our normal episode coming out tomorrow as well. Rest of the week will be same after that. This has been a lot of fun, a really good episode. I want to see Aaron Judge keep going. I love watching history happen, and it's happening right now. So enjoy it while it happens. Make sure you all like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, Flippin' Bats, Pod. Also social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, at Flippin' Bats Pod. You can watch every single episode on YouTube as well. This one has been a lot of fun. First one of the month. A lot more coming at you soon. I hope you all enjoy it. And I will see you all tomorrow for the trade deadline episode and the normal Tuesday episode of Flipping Bats. Until then, peace.